Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Previously on Truth and Justice. The final nail in the coffin of the prosecution's case came from a man that we will only be identifying in this show as Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith is our jailhouse snitch. His cell was right across from my cell. We're in an eight-man tank. I, you know, I read my Bible. You know, I believe, I believe in God. I felt like I had a uh, obligation to protect him, and I used to keep people off of him, and I used to bring him into my cell, and we pray. You know, so I didn't have any suspicion of him, and I didn't. You know, I would never thought in a million years he would sneak into my cell and get my my uh, paperwork that my lawyers had given me about the, from the, you know, the police reports, the detective's case summary report and everything. I never imagined he would do that. That's mm. what he did. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good people from around the world who want to make a difference. The engagement and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. The only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. Last week on Truth and Justice, we broke down the prosecution's case against George Powell. The prosecution's case was weak and circumstantial and consisted of four different elements. There was a Crime Stoppers tip called in by Elsie Schultz, followed by Melissa Keene picking George Powell out of a police lineup. Then we had the supposed photogrammetry expert, Michael Knox, who reconciled Melissa Keene's original statement of the assailant being 5'6", with the fact that she had identified someone who was 6'3". And lastly, the nail in the coffin against George Powell was the testimony of a man who we're referring to as Mr. Smith, a former cellmate of George Powell's, who testified at trial that Powell had actually confessed to him. After presenting all four of these elements to the jury, George Powell in 2009 was convicted of armed robbery and sentenced to 28 years in prison. George Powell was eight years into his 28-year sentence when the Bell County District Attorney's Office received a letter and a statement from Mr. Smith, the 2009 jailhouse snitch. Mr. Smith, unprompted and not requested by anyone, Mr. Smith's conscience got the better of him, and he decided to come clean, on his own, 
and recant his 2009 testimony. The letter was sent to the prosecutor in April of 2016, and three months later, a private investigator working for Michael Ware with the Innocence Project of Texas, a woman named Karen Anderson, went to visit Mr. Smith in prison. During that visit, she recorded a one-hour and nine-minute-long recantation directly from Mr. Smith. And that recantation is going to be the content for today's episode. You're going to hear directly, uncut and unedited, the original jailhouse snitch from George Powell's 2009 trial, recanting his testimony and explaining exactly how and why he lied under oath. While this interview is unedited for the most part, as I mentioned last week, I will not be revealing the identity of the jailhouse snitch. As we've been doing, we'll be referring to him only as Mr. Smith. So you will hear a few bleeps and a few sections of white noise. Those were added into the recording to protect the identity and the location of Mr. Smith. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Like other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employees who post jobs on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com truth. That's ZipRecruiter.com truth. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com truth. Today's date is July 26, 2016, and the time is approximately uh, 12.50 p.m. My name is Karen Sanderson. I'm a private investigator. I'm here at, uh, and I'm here with uh, Mr. Smith. And Mr. Smith, you're aware that I'm recording your voice in this conversation? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And do I have your permission or consent to record? Yes, you do. Great. I'm going to just put this here. Uh, so, and maybe what I can do, maybe I'll just recap from when you first came in so that we can sort of memorialize our contact. So if there's a question. Okay. Uh, so you and I have never met before about 10 minutes ago, is that correct? Yes, we never met before. Okay. And you actually didn't know that I was coming to see you. I had no idea. Okay. Um, and you were you were told that this was just going to be an interview or a legal visit or something? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, uh, and I introduced myself as an investigator working for uh, uh, Michael Ware out of Texas. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And I told you that this was about uh, George Powell and his case, and that uh, Mr. Ware had hired me to come talk to you. Yes. Okay. And you're okay with speaking with me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then before we... Um, uh, turn the recorder on. I also showed you a copy of the transcript of your testimony from 2009. You sure did. And did you get a chance to read that? Yes, ma'am. I read it. Okay. 
and then you also, I offered to show you the affidavit that you uh, signed and sent to Mr. Garza. Uh, and you declined to look at that, but you said it's hanging on the wall of your cell. Yes, ma'am, it is. Okay, and why do you have it on your on your wall? Because it's um, kind of like a to-do I was going to check on it again and, and send it back through. Yeah. Because I haven't heard anything for a while. Okay. So it was a reminder to me to put it back into the envelope and resend it. Yeah. But I don't have to do that anymore now. <laughs> now that somebody's come and is going to talk to you, right? Yes. Um, so nobody, since you sent that, it sound, looks like the date on that is April 11th. Um, since you sent that, has anybody reached out to you? No, ma'am. No one. Okay. Mr. Garza hasn't responded? No. Okay. Uh, so why don't we, um, why don't we start? I have some questions about what's been going on, but um, maybe I can just kind of recap kind of where you are right now. So you're serving out a uh, prison sentence now. Yes. And you're due to re be released from um, in 2018? Yes, ma'am, 2018. Okay. And what was the month and day, I think you told me? October 22nd. Okay. How long was the sentence that you're serving on right now? Um, 97 months with a third off. So I think it was somewhere around. I caught my sentence in August of 2013. Okay. Uh, and then you had said, I asked you if you were being represented uh, currently, and you said no. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And But it also sounds like you have you do have a pending case out of... Yes, I have a pending case. And you said that was out of... Yes, ma'am. Okay. And what you know about it is that it's a pending burglary case, but you do not have an attorney representing you. Yes, I do not have an attorney representing me. And at some point you might get... Uh, brought on that case, and at which point I would hope that somebody might represent you. Is that your understanding? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, are you comfortable speaking with me about Mr. Powell's case? Oh, yes, very comfortable. Okay. Um, tell me what you hope that I'll come away with today, understanding, or what's what's your hope about, I guess, um, coming forward at this time? Uh, I want to um, fix a mistake that I made. Um, I was real selfish and um, put this man away for a long time just to get myself off on the case. And um, I'm, it just really hurts me to, to have done that to a, to a human being that trusted me. And, uh, I want him to come home. I want him to go home. His family. Okay. When was the last time you had any uh, contact with George Powell? It had been months before my testimony. Okay. Months. Yeah, months. So back in 2009? Yeah, roughly, not sure, but I guess the trial was um, late in the year. It was probably earlier that year. Like early 2009? Yes, I okay. think so. Okay. And when I say contact with him, has anybody from uh, the prison, like other folks that no. know George, have tried to reach out to you? No one. Nobody's no one. tried to pass a message to no you? No So you're coming forward about this 
uh, has nothing to do with Mr. Powell reaching out to you in some way? No. Ms. Powell has not reached out to me. No one from the prison system has reached out to me. Um, I kind of know where it's going, but I live out here, been out here, I'm safe under this custody, so nothing down there could hurt me. Okay. And wouldn't you say nothing down, Well, I, I was thinking, you was maybe thinking that people are threatening me, but it wouldn't matter because I'm not there, and I, so that's not the case. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually hadn't thought of that. Um, so, Mr. Powell, no threats of no communications threatening you in any way? No. What about Mr. Powell trying to communicate with you, offering you, promising you, um, you know, anything like that? No, nothing like that. So no communications at all? No, no communication at all. Okay. Was there something that happened in April that made you think about Mr. Powell's case? Well, I was, I was going down the same road, and uh, my conscience just started to get to me. And um, it was really eating me up and making me feel depressed that I that I've done this and uh, I just I don't know I want to be a man and that's one of the things about being a man is you gotta sometimes face things that that you done wrong and hope that you can fix it at least put your best foot forward to yeah. fix it um, were you contemplating doing um providing testimony in another case up here? Is that what made you think about Mr. Powell? Oh, no. I have no cases other than the one in McLennan County, but no, just I was, I was about to go, I was about to come back here and I wanted to fix the problem. Okay, so you sent this uh, affidavit um, in April and it was something that sort of was a carryover from and you were think, just thinking that it was something that had happened? Yes. Kind of put it to, to rest or? Yes. Okay. But nothing, like no moment where, or nothing, when you say, I was about ready to go down that same road, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I was um, looking at a lot of time. I was about to get a lot of time. I already kind of knew what I was getting. And um, The 97 month sentence? No. Oh. The uh, 20 years that oh. I've just received. Yeah, Texas is a little different. So when I uh, I got those twenty years, I would only do two and a half years of it, then I'd be on parole. So I won't spend the whole twenty years in prison there. So when he gave me that twenty years, with all the back time that I had accumulated, I was a free man anyway. Then I go home. Okay. So you were about ready to receive a twenty-year sentence in April. Yeah, I wasn't sure about it, but yeah, I had, I had hopes of the twenty years and. That's exactly what I got. The reality, however, is that you're only going to be serving, or you did serve only a couple of years on that 20-year sentence. Yes. Um, that's a little trick. Not really, I'll say trick, but the law provides me an opportunity to get a con concurrent sentence as long as I still have time running, which is the reason why I want to go back to McLean County while I still have time here. Okay. Where's your home state? Okay. When you get released in 2018, where do you think you're going to go? Um, so just to be clear, in April of 2016, when you when you wrote out this affidavit and sent it to the prosecutor, Mr. Garza, you you had been thinking of 
um, that you were possibly going to receive this 20-year sentence, and were you contemplating um, providing testimony on another case? Is that what you meant by you know, going down that road? No, no, no. Um, like Texas gives you a lot of time for things, you know, and it's like uh, 30, 50, 60 years. And so when I had that big number in my head, and I was scared, well, I can imagine how Mr. Powell was scared and what I did to him by giving him that, that he didn't deserve it. It wasn't, I don't know what he did or didn't do, but I know he never told me nothing. Okay. Nothing that I testified to that to get him that time. Okay. So I, that's, sorry, I keep rehashing. So I, I think I understand it now. So it was just that you knew this possibly 20-year sentence was kind of hanging over your head. And it just made you think of Mr. Powell and his situation. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so let's go back and I want to ask you about Mr. Powell. When was the first time you ever met him? Uh, memory's a little shaky on that. Um, but I was arrested in uh, 2008 around Mother's Day. And um, I was in the old jail, which is Central Jail. Um, and we moved from the central jail to the new jail, which is um, maybe six or seven months later. And um, so that's where I met him, was when I got to the new jail. And, um, was he already there? Yeah. I'm not sure if he was there already, but that's when I first seen him. We was in a, a unit together. I believe it was um, B2D. He was just out. He was just an outgoing guy. How long were were you guys uh, cellmates uh, right away, or was it later on? Um, right away. I, once I moved to that unit, like I said, it's been a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, so pinpoint exactly what day I met him on. I have to read the transcript again, but it's um, it was around two thousand nine. And when you were cellmates together, was it a two-man cell or were there Oh, other no, there was um, just 30 of us in there. Okay. So it's not really a cell, it's more of a dormitory. Did you have your own individual private room? No, ma'am. Okay. Was it everybody slept in an open space together? Yes. yes. Okay. And where was, um, did you each had your own assigned bed? No, not really assigned, but we had our own beds, yes. Where was Mr. Powell's bed in relation to yours? Um, I, know, I know you had a bottom bunk, but it's it's open to where we can walk around. So even though I didn't live next to him, doesn't mean I can't go over to him and go talk to him and sit down and have conversations and stuff like that. So it wasn't like just because he didn't sleep right next to you, you couldn't just go and talk to him anytime you wanted to? Yes. Okay. Um, and how long uh, were you in that 30-man um, unit together with him? Well, this is probably easy because uh, I like to get a lot of fights. So I don't really stay places too long. I'd say maybe a, a month or two. You get in a lot of fights or he did? Oh, I did. You did, okay. And when you say after about a month or two, then were you transferred out? Yes, to another unit. Um, but you could still see people uh, in passing, maybe in medical, or the jail's not that big. So I've seen, I've seen Powell quite often after that, either 
on the court or on the way to court or maybe on the way to uh, just like the rec yard to go to rec. Um, the way units are is like these glass like this and uh, so it, if I get in a fight here, I just go to the next one, next door, so I can still talk to Powell, even though he wouldn't be in the same unit with me. Okay. What did you think of Mr. Powell when you met him in in the B2D? Uh, he was a he was an outgoing guy. He was about my height, you know. And how how tall are you? I'm six three. Okay. And um, I was looking for something. I was looking for. Um, someone to interpret the Bible to me mm -hmm. and, um, you know, ease my my, uh, well, my worries. And uh, Mr. Powell was always doing these um, Bible studies and help, helping other inmates um, um, learn about God. Okay. And so I, that's, that's what I was, uh, I was interested in. And um, we used to have a lot of conversations about that and about the Bible. And I had any questions like ask Powell. Um, he really knew about it as much as I, I knew, but his effort to help was was good to have some fellowship. Yeah. And we would pray and stuff like that. Was he a fairly religious person? Spiritual, yes. Okay. And that was something that you were interested in as well? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, did he ever talk about his criminal case? Um, he talked about what they said he did. Like um, like me, in my instance, uh, they said I burglarized the place, even though that's not how it happened. It, I did burglarize the place, but the way they said it wasn't how it happened. So, like in his case, he would tell me about what they said about him, you know, but never made no omissions to me okay. about his case, no. Just, like you have that transcript of my testimony there. Well, if I was to see that about his case, about what the cops think he did, then I just, I have some details now because of what the cops think. And as long as I can just act like I know that he told that to me, mm -hmm. then they would buy it. They have someone to corroborate their story. And that's what I did. I, I looked at his stuff, his legal documents, and that gave me an idea of what the story was about. And uh, just put my words in it. But so, uh, Mr. Powell did talk about his case, but was talking mostly about um, what the state alleged that he did. Yes, there you go. Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Did he ever talk about his defense theory or what he was going to put on as a defense uh, in the case? Not too much, because like I say, he's not a lawyer, but. Uh, no, he just more or less was saying stuff about what they alleged he did. Did he um, did he ever voluntarily show you any of the documents or um, that he might have uh, with him? No, not okay. voluntarily. No. Okay. Did you ever uh, did you know that he kept legal documents with him in his you know bunk area? Yes, ma'am, I did. And how did you know that he did? Oh, because uh, we don't have very much space to put our, our things. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you can tell what legal documents are. And um, you have like a little small cubby hole. So if I was to sit on your bed, I'd just reach between my legs and I can pretty much grab whatever I want. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, take it back to my bunk and, and look through it, be real sneaky about it. And not too sneaky, because if Mr. Powell were to go to the shower, he'd be in this, you know, I have all access to whatever I, I want. Um, did, um, did Mr. Powell, like you brought in today your legal file, did he have something like that for his case? Um, at that time, um, he maybe had something like this, but it wasn't. It wasn't in, in this. It was just like from papers I, I noticed him because he was looking at him himself. Mm -hmm. So that's how I knew. Okay, and then he must have walked off to go take a shower or watch TV, and then that's when I, I uh, looked at it. Where were the papers that he kept? It was on top of a, of this little cubbyhole box. Okay, and is there a, a lock on the box? No, ma'am. Anybody could open the box. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and it was no secret he kept those papers in there? Yes, no secret at all. Okay. Um, do you know if anybody uh, witnessed you open up the box and look at the papers? No, that, that would have been, that been a, 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 that would have got me in trouble with the other inmates if I was, would have got caught or okay. someone knew that was happening. So it's pretty uh, common that folks respect each other's privacy? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and it's a big, um, it's not uh, uh, looked upon well if you are snooping through people's stuff. Not, yes. Okay, so you were pretty discreet about looking at his papers? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Did you know when you went to go look at them what you were going to do? Yes, I already knew what I was going to do. Okay. Um, and uh, why were you going to look at his papers? Because I needed the backstory, I needed the story, the details, and um, then I can I can work off of that, I can play off of that. Okay. But I mean, I can't go talk to an investigator about a story now that I don't know about. So even though Mr. Powell had shared with you some things about his case, you also wanted to look at the papers yourself. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, do you remember what papers you looked at? Um, no, I. Stuff like from his lawyer, um, I'm not sure. I think it was a. I'm not really sure about his legal documents and what they was called or names, but I believe it's just an affidavit of arrest. Um, and do you remember what the affidavit of arrest said? No, it was just just. Um, like I said, I'm not sure if it was what I was looking at was called, and uh, and looked at some notes that I believe was something his lawyer sent him at the time. And uh, so I just pieced the things together and then with some of the things he said, you know, just switched it around. It, was, it doesn't really take a, a genius to do that. Yeah. And the, the notes, were they handwritten notes or type notes? Uh, I believe some handwritten notes. Okay. Do you know if that was Mr. Powell's notes or somebody else's? No, I don't know. Okay. Um, did you take the, the documents and read them privately at some other place, or were you just sitting on Mr. Powell's just, bunk? Just sitting on Mr. Powell's bunk. Okay. I mean, it's okay that I sit there and have stuff in my hand. Just, it could be my own stuff that we're talking about, or like you said, Bible verses and whatnot. But yeah, I took the opportunity to do that, and not just once, but I did it like three times. With Mr. Powell? No, with Mr. Powell gone. But with Mr. Powell's documents, yes, ma'am, three separate times. Yes. Okay. Um, did you take your take notes yourself or anything? No, just in my head. 
So you're just remembering things that were in the documents you read? Yes. Did anyone witness you do that? No. Okay. Anybody from the jail staff witness you? No. Okay. Uh, would the jail staff, if they had witnessed you, would they have uh, done anything? I don't think so. Because people share each other's uh, paperwork all the time. Like, you know, hey, man, look at this. I'm not sure about how this is supposed to go or, you know, what my lawyer's doing right. Yeah. Yeah, people do that a lot. So it wouldn't be unusual for them. Image police had a problem, but yeah. the officers know they were just assumed that it was okay. And did you do that with any other uh, fellow inmates? No. Okay. And the reason for that is because most people take plea bargains, mm -hmm. and there'd be no no reason for me. They already pleading guilty. Yeah, but with Mr. Powell, he was real adamant about going to trial, which means that uh, to me that. The district attorney really wants his case because now he has to go present his case in court, and he needs a he needs he needs to win it. When there's a plea bargain, when there's a plea bargain, is this not the whole thing is taken out the picture? It's just sign guilty and go home. And pretty much nice ninety five percent of people do that, but Mr. Powell did not, and that gave me an opportunity to do that, do what I did. Did um. Mr. Powell tell you that he was going to take the case to trial? Yes, ma'am, he did. Uh, did he ever um, say that he had committed the robbery or these robberies? No. No, ma'am, he did not. Did he say that he was uh, innocent of the charge? Yes, ma'am, he did. He did? A lot, actually. Um, and so I think in your affidavit you talk about that as well, that he kind of was like an easy mark. Yes. Okay. Very easy. Um, how long over the course of about how long um, did you on those three separate occasions look through his notes and um, well I got nervous the first time I did it so it was pretty rapid after that like uh, I soon she leave and go do something like in the shower again or the toilet yeah I would go back to the paperwork because I didn't know how much time I had for maybe someone saw me which is a great opportunity to tell so it was pretty much within a day or so Day or two, okay. that I put my guy everything I think I needed. And then, with how much how much longer after that did you alert the staff? Or I, wow, I was I believe I was still in the same unit with them, so it wouldn't have been no more than maybe a week later. I think that I, I wrote the the request form. Is that kind of like a kite or something? That's what you're looking at here, yes. Okay. So it's an inmate services request? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and in that one you asked to speak with somebody about yes. a matter or something? Yeah, that has some information about the case. I believe I gave a little teaser in there so that they didn't kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay. And then um, I remember, I think I remember uh, getting a visit by two people. I believe it was from the sheriff's investigation unit, but I think. Did you know who the prosecuting, before you sent the kite onward, did you know who the prosecutor was on Mr. Powell's case? No. Okay. No. What were you facing at the time that you did that? I was facing um, the, I believe it's five years to 99 years. That's such a range. Yeah, it's just a big range. <laughs> but I wasn't going to get all that, no.
did you, were you thinking when you did this about how long you, you could get? Yes. What were you thinking? I was scared. I was really scared. We had been on, we messed up to be sitting there for, for 99 years. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't want to sit there for 99 years and, and I know that, I know that they give you uh, less time if you was to provide testimony against someone. And how do you know that that was what happened? That, that you could get uh, less time? Oh, it was implied. Um, the prosecutor... Now, and I'm, I'm going to ask, not on George's case, but um, before you decided to do this, or when you decided oh, it's, to um, do it, how do you know that, hey, I could probably get... Like watching TV and, you know, like Law and Order shows and stuff like that where, you know, it's it's not a, it's not a secret that, that you get favor mm -hmm. when you when you help out the, the prosecution. Okay. So it's just mainly stuff, watching stuff from TV and stuff like that. And it wasn't from being in the Texas system that was, Texas was special in that regard. It was mostly just from general exposure to maybe law and order type of shows. Yes ma'am. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that because he was going to go to trial the prosecutor would want to put on his best case. Yes ma'am. Okay. Um, so you sent the kite in uh, and who was the first person that came to see you? I don't know the guy but I'm, I'm going through the introductions right now. I think it was someone from the sheriff's department the investigator that all jails have. They have their own investigators, like, you know, in case I hurt somebody real bad, that's the person that's going to take the case or take the report. So, somebody internal at the jail? I think I've never seen the person before because there's a sheriff's office and then there's a jail. Okay. So, he could have worked for the sheriff's office, which is not the jail. Do you remember his name? No, ma'am. Do you remember what he looked like? No. Uh, did, um... I mean, it was a couple people. It wasn't just him in there. It was a lady and, um, and a guy. But uh, it's been a lot of years, man. <laughs> a lot of years. So, I'm not sure. How many visits in total did you receive from folks? Two. I, I believe it was two. Okay. The initial one, and then, um, someone else after that. Okay. Did John George's attorney ever um, interview you or speak to you before you testified? No. Okay. Um, did you stay in George's unit after you sent the kite or were you transferred out? I was transferred out. Were you transferred out because you sent the kite? No, I was transferred out because I wanted to get transferred out. Okay. I know this is going to hit the fan and George is going to find out his attorney that there's a guy in there that's wanting to turn state's evidence on him and it wouldn't be pretty at all. You wanted to get out of there because of that's Yes. Yeah. Um, and I thought you'd said before you were in there for a couple of months and then you you were transferred out because of fighting? No, uh, what I said was that um, that's usually, you asked me how long I was in there and I said I usually fight a lot so I probably was in there for a couple of months. Okay. Not that I was moved out because of that. I don't remember why I was moved out, but I think it was because of the um, the kite. Okay. And now that we talk about it, 
I'm for sure that's what it was. Because of the kite? Yeah, because I put it in. So we have a choice if you want to stay somewhere or not. If mm -hmm. I say secretly that I don't want to be here no more, yeah. it's really easy to move me. Okay. That's usually how people do that. Okay. And so uh, where were you transferred to? Do you remember? No, 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 no. Was it still within the jail? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Were you having any of that contact with Mr. Powell where you'd see him in tr transfer or? Um, I think I've seen him at, uh, in, uh, on the yard, the rec, the rec yard, a couple of times, and maybe in the hallway, but no no conversations, no. That was after you sent the client? Yes. Did he ever try to get your attention or try to... No, um, make contact with you. No, and I was wondering about that too. I, I remember that he knew that I was going to his court case, but never, never said anything to me. Never said, "Why are you doing this?" Nothing. Like either he didn't care, or he. Uh, well, how can I hurt him? I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is a lie. I mean, he knows it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Did he ever threaten you or send a threat through no. somebody else? No. Okay. Um, so a couple times you see him in passing in the yard or, or whatnot, and, but he's not trying to reach out to you or intimidate no. or influence you? No. Okay. Um, so the first visit that you get is somebody from the either the jail or the sheriff's office? Yes. Okay. And there were some people with him as well? Yeah. I, I think it was a two-person team. I thought it was husband and wife, but I could have been mistaken. And then, um, do you remember what happened during that first uh, meeting with them? No, they just, they just went over the things that I knew and uh, asked me some questions and took some notes. And then... Um, did, what did you tell them? I told them the lie. I told them that I, uh, I got this information. Me and uh, Mr. Powell talked intensively about um, his case, and he told me that he... Uh, that, that um, he did his things and that these people won't realize what he did and they won't, they're thinking one thing when it's actually another, that kind of stuff. Just the base of the case, Essen my version of it. Essentially similar to what you testified to? Yes. Okay. And do you think that they believed you during that first meeting? I think they wanted to believe me. I think having someone here with the details I had, um, they know why, I'm, I'm assuming that they know why people do this, mm -hmm. but I think they wanted to believe me. 
If they did, it didn't. I don't think they cared. Was your attorney present for that meeting? No, ma'am. And why not? I didn't. I didn't want him there. I mean, he wasn't there. It wasn't something that I knew was happening. But if you were thinking, I, I want to get something out of this, right, some benefit, did you think about incorporating your attorney to help you in that regard? I kind of thought that would happen anyway, which it did. Just uh, one day, I'm suing me, I wasn't there, but I wanted to make myself sound a little believable and a little credible. I'm just saying, hey, well, if, you know, you give me something and I give you this information. Now I want to get the information for right without having to ask them for anything and then they they might make the wheels start turning, which they did once they told the DA, the DA the DA contacted my lawyer and then that's how it happened. So that first meeting, um, you didn't ask for consideration or benefit? No. no. Okay. And you specifically didn't because you thought, well, I'll be more credible if I'm just sort of like, hey, I've got some information. Yes. I'm doing this kind of out of the goodness of my heart. Yes. Okay. That was the ruse. Okay. Uh, and then you had a second meeting. Do you remember who that second visit was with? No, no, I don't not. Um, I don't remember. And was that the, the same type of meeting or was it a different type of meeting? I'm not sure. I remember the first one because I was excited that I get to say this, yeah. get the ball rolling. Yeah. And uh, But the second one, I don't remember who that was. But I just remember having some meetings with the, with the district attorney mm -hmm. shortly before the trial. Uh, I want to say the same day, that morning. Before you testified. Yes. That one, I could, I could know that I had that meeting with him. And um, I want to say my lawyer was there. Was your lawyer there for the second uh, visit? No. Okay. I don't think so. Do you know why they came back that second time to visit? Did they have questions at that point, or were they? It could have been. It could have been the DA that had this. It could have been. Yeah, I don't remember the second visit. Yeah. I just remember the first one. Was it different people that came on the second visit? I'm not sure. Okay. And then. Mr. Powell's attorneys never reached out to you or asked you questions or talked to you? No. And then, was it the next time you talked about this case was before you testified the, the day of? No, my lawyer, I believe my lawyer paid me a visit. I couldn't tell you how long it was or um, before, but it was shortly about a, a month before. I was a little confused back then because I was going to the the Middle Health Hospital. Okay. And um, so I was away for a while, getting help and treatment. And it's when I got back and all this um, trial stuff happened. Okay. But uh, um, you, you were sent to, um, I think in the transcript you talk about being sent to a facility. Did they put you on some medication there? Mm -hmm. And then you came back. Were you feeling better when you came back from there? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yes. Okay. And it was when you got came back from that hospital that um, your la lawyer paid you a visit? Yes. Okay. And who was your lawyer? Do you remember him? I don't remember that guy. <laughs> I wish I had this time. <laughs> it was a man? Yes, yes ma'am, it was. Okay. He was representing you on this case that you were looking at 5 to 99 years? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that visit with the attorney, was it like we are 
where we're in a contact room where, or was it over the phone that you had a visit with him? It was uh, over the phone. It was uh, a video conference. Like uh, so a video screen and you lower in a room like this and he's talking to you, but you're not, not together, no. Okay. And what did, what do you remember about the visit with your lawyer? Well, he, he told me that I should uh, expect to be hearing from the DA and um, he, he, he thinks that the George Powell's trial is going to be coming up here shortly. And uh, that's kind of what I remember. I'm sorry I don't remember so much more. That's okay. Uh, was that the first time that you and your attorney had ever talked about Mr. Powell? No, I believe I brought it up to his attention once. That um, to look into it, and I believe he said he he heard about it already with this uh, uh, investigators and stuff, but he don't know what's going to happen out of it if they're going to actually use me or, or need me at the moment. Yeah. And then um, the next time is when he told me that yeah, the DA had had it, um, came to him and, and spoke okay. and said that, that they're going to be for sure going to trial and that. Um, he wanted to, I'm having to go over some more things and be prepared, or just be prepared. Okay. And did your, um, did you ever talk to your attorney about the fact that, um, that this wasn't true, that Mr. Powell had not confessed or? No, I never told my attorney that. Okay. Was he always under the impression that, um, at least from you, that what you were going to be testing of about was the truth? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And he understood the truth that Mr. Powell had confessed? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, you had said in your affidavit there was a meeting with the prosecutor where the prosecutor, and I use the word prosecutor, that's like a Washington State thing, but do you refer to them as the DA? Okay. So you have in your affidavit, uh, you wrote about the DA maybe having something, some notes or something written down? Yeah, I believe it was, it was my statement, the one I gave to the, to the investigators earlier, okay. my words. Okay. And that's what's, um, what he was showing me, was my own words. Was this in a meeting, this is in like one of the first two meetings? Or no, was this, this was in the holding tank before trial. So you're about ready to testify? Yes. Okay. And who was present when the DA and you had this meeting? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who, if anybody else was there or if I was just handed that to him. I, I know that someone else was there. Someone had to be there. Someone else had to be there. I just couldn't tell you who it was. I, I, I'm, but I think it was my lawyer. I think it was my lawyer because I never seen the guy by myself. The DA, I never, he never, I never seen him by myself. It was somebody else there. I was in the holding tank, so it wasn't like I was, people sitting next to me. I believe they walked up and, and asked me to look through this again. So somebody, somebody... Hold on a second, hold on a second, I'm sorry. No, yes, I came to a room. It was a room, um, it wasn't It wasn't the day of trial, it was uh, maybe a week before that. I was in the visitation room, it was CV4. And um, CV4 is the visitation room where investigators and stuff will come talk to you. Mm -hmm. The first time I had to... Um, visit the one I'll tell you about the investigators, yeah. that happened up in Booking, a little room in Booking where uh, people come into the jail and get released from the jail. 
That was a little small conference room. And my next visit was in CV4, which is a different part of the jail. And that's a more secure visit. That's where they have cameras and things like that hanging up. And you have a table and they can put the laptops in there and stuff like that. That's the visit I remember having when I read my statement over again. Um, and was there another visit? Yes, and then there was another visit. After the CB4 visit? Yes, that was the, the one where I, got, I had to read the statement again, right before trial. Okay. So, is it fair to say there was at least three occasions where the prosecutor or the sheriff's office came to meet with you about this case? Yes, ma'am. Okay. The first one was in booking. First was in booking. That was people that was from the outside cops, and uh, I think the second one were. I don't know for sure who that was. That was at CV four. CV four. Okay. Do you remember yeah. if the prosecutor was at the CV four? I think I, I, I'm thinking so, but the more I talk about, it, the more I start to remember. Yeah. And uh, but I, I, the, for the record, I don't know for sure. Where was the visit? Um, on the day of your testimony, that same day, I was in a I was in a holding cell, and um, that's why I remember someone coming to me and uh, asked me to look over this mm -hmm. uh, paper just to to uh, have an idea on what I said, so I could get back on stand and, and say it with accuracy. Okay, uh, could have been uh, um, the district attorney's um, assistant that came to me. I'm not sure, but I do remember seeing the district attorney. That could have been a second visit I had in CB4. Okay. The, the prosecutor who uh, asked you questions on the witness stand, mm -hmm. was that person ever included in any of these prior visits? Yes. Okay. Either the CB4 or, or the one right before the. In, when you were in the holding cell? Yes. Okay. You just don't remember where you met with him? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I have met with him, yes. And that was a man? Yes. Okay, do you remember his name? Um, no. Um, and you said there was a husband and wife. Is that the husband from the husband and wife? No. Okay. That the husband and wife team, I thought, was the investigators at the beginning. Okay. The, the initial visit that I had. Okay. To find out what this uh, MA request form is all about. Was the husband and wife from law enforcement or from the prosecuting attorney's office? I think they announced themselves as being investigators. Okay. For the sheriff's department. Okay. But like I said, I don't know if there was husband and wife. It's just there was a man and a female. Okay. And I think you'd use the word husband and wife. Do you know if they were married? No, no, no. You don't know. No. Okay. Um, the uh, when you're in the holding cell, is that the first time that there's ever a communication from you to anyone or to anyone to you? about some sort of benefit that you're going to get? No, I got that in the second visit, in the CV4 visit. I remember, well, I can remember, I don't know who was speaking to it, and I want to say it's the prosecutor, because... Tell me about that. It was, um, you know, he's saying that I can't promise you anything when it comes to your time, but he, uh, he put that little extra in there, like, uh, with his facial expressions. And with a grin and like a like a smirk, he gave me. Okay. When he said that, to, uh, he was implying, 
Um, I would say on the record that he was implying that I would be, I would get favored. Because I also mentioned that I was really scared of my time that I'm about to get. Yeah. He said, well, I can't promise you anything, but, you know, in a way, like, yes. That's how I took it. You took it to mean that if you testified that they were going to do something for you. Yes, and he did. I mean, I got, but he was careful not to say that. Yes, but I was looking at a lot more time than just the five years. I had, uh, I had done this crime before. I had a lot of uh, crimes before that, and I got uh, the two years. I got less than actually less than the minimum. Minimum was five to ninety nine. I got two. You got two less than the five. Yes. Yeah. Less than the five. Yeah. And then I was able to go home for a little while. Do you think that you got the two because of? Your role in Mr. Powell's case? Yes, and I believe it was, it was mentioned that I um, was uh, helping out the police. That was the excuse that he gave to the judge to, in order for me to get this time because he wasn't supposed to go under the minimum. I remember um, the judge calling him to the bench, and that's why he was saying that Mr. Smith has been cooperating with uh, law enforcement, and um, that I do remember. So let's Let's, we'll get to that in just a second. So when you're in CV4, is your attorney with you for that visit? Yes, he was. He was there. Okay. So your attorney, do you think your attorney was paying attention to the smirk or to this, um, what this person was conveying to you in terms of, I can't promise you anything, but... No, I don't, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't remember the whole visit, but I remember my lawyer because... Um, I remember my lawyer talking to me. They don't talk to you very much, these lawyers do. They don't talk to you very much. And I remember seeing him twice before this happened. So I'm just saying that. You remember I, seeing your lawyer twice? Yes. And that's because he don't come see you that often. Okay. So he was in there for the visit and see me for. And he was there for uh, right before I went to court. Do you, do you know if your lawyer was communicating with that prosecutor about what benefit you might receive? Mm -hmm. Because uh, my lawyer also mentioned it to me that um, that uh, if my testimony is good and um, the conviction is made, then I should be uh, I should be able to go home soon. Okay. Okay. Um, the prosecutor who said I can't promise you anything, but you know, um, and was sort of smirking at you. Yes. Who was that person? That would have been the prosecutor. Was he the prosecutor on your case? No. Okay. He's the prosecutor for Mr. Powell's case. Okay. Okay. I never seen a, I don't think I've seen a prosecutor for my case at all until my case went to court. Okay. And the, the, the prosecutor in CV4 who, who made that promise to you, um, or at least the unspoken promise, right? Uh, did you see him in court? Um, yes, he was the same guy that was asking me questions. Okay, okay. Do you remember what he looked like? No. Okay. So, when you were in the holding cell, you were getting ready to um, testify, and they were showing you some papers, like a, a prior statement that you had made to during one of the first meetings with yeah. them? Yeah. Okay. I kind of what you just showed me there. What did I show you? Um, the transcript. The transcript. Yeah, it was like mm -hmm. a transcript of my statement. Okay. 
uh, read over this and um, refresh it in your head. And was there something written on it? No. Okay. No, it was just my words. Okay. Typed. So let me, I want to go to your affidavit. Okay. You said, I'm going to read from it. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. Okay. says, um, the ADA had some notes in his hand that I was able to see. It said, if you can get your story straight in front of the jury at Mr. Powell jury trial, I will see to it that you get the minimum for your case. Oh, that's what you're talking about. That's what I meant by it. Okay. about the notes, yeah. Yeah, the notes was basically uh, what he had in typed. It wasn't notes, like his handwriting. Okay. It was typed. It's what my statements were. You know, like uh, what I said, uh -huh. and it was typed in, uh, and I just kept reading, and then that's what it said at the bottom of it. And was it in, in a handwritten? No, it wasn't handwritten. It was typed as well? Yes, it was typed as well. Everything was typed. And why wouldn't the defense have seen that um, document? I'm not sure. I, I gave it back to the, I gave it back to the person that came and gave it to me in the first place. Okay. So. I thought it was just for me. And was that in the holding cell that you first saw that? Yes, that's when I, that's when he gave me that paper. Someone gave me that paper to read. Yes. Okay, so just so it wasn't handwritten done. Okay, so just to be clear, you are getting ready to testify. Somebody, maybe a paralegal from the prosecutor's office, comes in and hands you um, like some type of a statement. Yeah, something like that. Like, or what you holding in your hand there. And I'm holding a transcript from your testimony. Yes, you are. Um, so it was a typed statement that somebody else had prepared, and you were looking at it, I guess, to refresh your memory so yes. that you're preparing to testify. Yes. And that at the bottom of it is included in this typed copy is typed out the... What I said there. What my, you said in your affidavit. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then that copy, you were able to read it, and then the paralegal took it back. Yes, yeah, someone took it back. I gave it to someone, yes. Do you remember the person that gave it to you and turned it, and you gave it back to? No. I mean, it could have been uh, the DA, because I'm in a home tank. I'm not really, there's nothing in there. No desk, nothing like that, no camera. Okay. So I, the cell door opened up, and I remember getting that to read over. Okay. And saying that, uh, be patient. Um, we be calling you here shortly. Okay. I remember that much. Okay. Um, okay. And I remember giving the paper back to the, the, the officer saying I was done. Okay. Of someone. Yeah. So then you testified, and then you said, um, tell me about, um, was there any other conversations with the prosecutor before you went to your sentencing on your case? No, I've never seen that prosecutor again after that. The, the one that was asking you questions and the one that smirked at you? No, I never seen him after that, after the trial, no. Okay. But my, my prosecutor, my prosecutor was a little nicer to me now. <laughs> Do you remember his name? Um, <sighs> took my time. Took my time. He was a he was a he was a bad guy. You remember what he looked like? Yeah, he was a short guy. Um, maybe about your height. Um, a little older, maybe forties. Um, 
No, you're in your twenties, so but he's he's like like fortieth or fortieth or something. God, the name is. I don't, I don't I just I just saw him a couple months ago too, and I just forgot his name. Sorry, man. Um. So he was the prosecu He was prosecuting you on your case. On my case, yes. Okay, and um, was uh, did he come to meet you prior to sentencing about talking about the benefit that you'd get from Mr. Powell's case? Uh, no, my lawyer did that. He told me that I'm I'm going to get the two years. Oh, okay. And. Um, so before so, sentencing, you found out you're going to get two. Yes. Okay. And so he wanted me to he wanted me to sign the plea bargain for two years. Your attorney advised you to sign the plea bargain. Yes. Okay. And you did do that. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then did you go to your sentencing? Uh, I went home first. You were released. I was released. Okay. I was released for uh, uh, about a month and a half. Okay. So Powell's, Powell's case was, wasn't, I think, December or somewhere around there. And in uh, January, somewhere, t I'm, I remember because I remember when I came back, but I remember uh, in January of the next year, which was 2010, uh, the judge released me for uh, a month and a half in, until my uh, sentencing arrived in February. And I came back and got sentenced. So I know, and I, I don't know Mr. Powell's case, and I don't know what happened, but in the transcript that I showed you before of your uh, testimony, the defense attorney, Mr. Powell's attorney, asked you about your bond and on your case, and that it was set at seventy-five thousand. Yes. Was it lowered or removed, or what was? It was lowered down to thirty-five bucks. Thirty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. And that was done by the judge in your case. The. I guess he yeah, had the prosecutor. I mean, the judge does what the prosecutor recommends. He recommended that I uh, get what they call a PR bond. The prosecutor recommended that? Yes. Okay. The short guy? Yeah, That's short the, guy. That's the guy we're talking yeah. about. Okay. So he recommended to the judge a PR bond, mm -hmm. and that was going to release you at, you just have to pay $35? Yes. Okay. I've been there already for almost two years, and then. After the George Power trial, I get a thirty-five dollar bond. And uh, so you got to, to go out for a month and a half, you said, and then you came back for your sentencing. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then at your sentencing, you said the prosecutor went up and spoke to the judge privately, or was there something like that? Yes, because she wasn't aware of why it was so low. Why? why the judge. My, yeah, why my time was so low. He had to give a reason to her in order for her to be on board. Yeah. Like um, he said, yes, it's been changed from the, from five to ninety nine to two years, and that's when she got kind of confused and it walked there. Female judge. Yes. Yeah. And she it walked up there for maybe I don't know two three seconds and then came back and she approved it. Did you hear their conversation? I heard a little bit of it because he was he was talking about it before he walked up there. The prosecutor. Yes, that he, it was um, for uh, my cooperation with um, law enforcement. Not just not just there, but also out, outside too. Okay. Um, and outside being like you'd done some help with the other matters. Yes, other matters. Okay. Um, was your attorney there when the prosecutor went and spoke with the judge? Yes, all of us is there. Okay. So your the your attorney heard that as well. Yes. Okay.
and then the judge gave you your two years, and you'd already done the time, so you were released? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, did you ever have any contact with George again, Mr. Powell? No. Okay. Um, did, um, so I'm not familiar with this police department, but um, are you aware of a police department called Killian Police Department? Clean. Colleen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Colleen Police Department, have you had any dealings with them or um, what's, what's been your relationship with them? Um, uh, they're police officers, I guess. I'm not, not sure what you mean. Um, well, I mean, maybe just back up. Is when you say you've done other things outside oh. of Mr. Powell's case. Well, yeah, it was like a, um, like make control buys. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. Okay. I does something like that for them. Was that before or after Mr. Powell? That was after Mr. Powell. After. Mm -hmm. Was that um, something that you uh, wanted to do, or was that something that they asked you to do? No, I wanted to do that. Okay. I, I want to make sure that I wasn't sure if Mr. Powell's case was enough. Someone to show more cooperation, and but it was already set. The two years was already set. I already got that. I didn't have to do anything with the cops to get that two years. Did you do the control buys on that month and a half when you were out of custody? Yes. Okay. So you're still like waiting on that. That you you I thought would, you were going to get the two years, but I you knew I would the two years. And yeah. I had already signed for it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to wait for my. Um, Sensing. That's why I went home, but I figured I'd do some other stuff just to make sure that they don't change their mind. Yeah, just to keep in good favor with yes, them. Okay. Yes, and do you know um, were there were they able to get prosec prosecutions or convictions based on? No, I think just arrest. Okay. And I didn't hear anything about that after okay. that. And that's where you went out and just bought some drugs when the police were. No, it wasn't drugs. It was um, like selling laptops and things like that. Like stolen goods or something? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, and did you ever have to testify or get no. involved in those other legal matters? No, ma'am. Okay. Have you ever worked with law enforcement in any other way other than what we've talked about today? No, ma'am. Okay. Um, and you haven't um, exchanged information for a benefit in any other case other than George Powell's case? Yes. Okay. And meaning what you did with Mr. Powell, you haven't done that with any other person? No. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm just kind of going over a few other questions that um, I think take it Mr. Ware had wanted me to ask you. Um, do you know the law enforcement agency that was involved in this case that you had dealings with? Was that the, um, the, Col said. <laughs> the Col Colleen? Yes, ma'am. Colleen Police Department, or was that another agency? No, it was the Colleen Police Department. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I want to say that. But that was just the, the reason why he's in jail is because that county got them, so it had to be the Clean Police Department. And you think it was folks from the Clean Police Department that were at that first meeting? No. Um, 
I think it was people from the from the I tried to do it again for someone else once. It didn't it didn't go go very far. But I remember it was the investigators. It's their job to take my statement and pass it on to the right people. From the jail. Yes. That may be associated with the sheriff's department. Yes. Okay. So the Bell County Sheriff. Yes, ma'am. So what was the other one that you tried and? It was around the same time. It was um, some military guy, um, some murder that happened near the base, but it didn't go nowhere. Like he signed a plea bargain. Oh, okay. So it didn't. It, it was no trial. Did you meet with um, with the investigators about that case? No, no, I had told my statement. Mm, like you did with George? Yes. Okay. And then they probably weren't interested yes. because the guy pled guilty? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And that's when you say it didn't go anywhere? Yes. Do you remember that defendant's name? No. Okay. Was he also in the same 30 unit um, no. in the jail? No. No, I was, I was uh, later on, before the George Powell thing, I was housed in uh, Separation cell, separation cell um, by myself, not for protection from George Powell. No, because um, of my mental health issues mm -hmm. and um, my behavioral problems. Okay. That they locked me away. You were in isolation. Yes. There you go. Okay. Isolation. And uh, and it was then that you uh, contacted authorities about this other individual. Yes. Okay. Another guy that was in the isolation area with me, just another cell. It's kind of hard for me to talk to a woman about this stuff because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was a really messed up guy yeah. doing that. It's not honorable. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I think uh, the fact that you're um, coming forward now is very uh, admirable. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. Have you uh, have you told anyone about uh, this um, over the years in terms of that you had you know provided false testimony at, at George's trial? My mother. You did. Yes. When did you tell your mom? Um, God I talked to her all the time. Um, shortly after that, shortly before the trial. I told her that um, before you testified in George's case. Yes. Okay. If I remember right, and then um, after that, a couple of times, you know, just talking. What did she think? Well, yeah, I mean, she she worried about me. Yeah. She worried about me in ways that she didn't just know. You know, last week long in prison, and she if she she afraid that this would have got out, it could hurt me. Yeah. But she she knew I was coming. She didn't worry too much after that, but, you know, mom doesn't hear any story that you got for him. She just talked me through it. What's your mom's name? Smith, yeah. And is she out here? Or? Oh, no, she's somewhere. Oh, she's in. Yeah, mil my sister's military, so they move around a lot. Oh, okay. Your mom moves around with? with yeah. With your She's like the nanny for my <laughs> nieces. For your, your sister's kids? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh. Would you um, would you be comfortable if we tried to reach out to your mom and ask her about uh, your?
your conversations with her about Mr. Powell? Um, I guess, I mean, I'm not sure what she offered other than what I just said. I mean, if it helps them, then I'll do anything, yes. Okay, okay. Do you have her phone number or do you know how we can reach her? Yes, I have a phone number. Could you give it to me? Yes, um... Is she your biological mother? Yes. Okay. Are you still in talking, talking oh, yeah. with her all the time? Well, I just talked to her this morning. Great, okay. Um, anyone else other than your mom that you... No. Okay. Are you at risk having your affidavit? You said that you have it on this, on your... It's coming phone. down now. I'll kick it down now. Because it's off your to-do list? Yes. Okay. In terms of other inmates who might know your history, though, is that a concern for your safety, or is that a... Do you have any concerns there? No. Okay. No, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. It just, it was, it was just, it was just on my walls. No one, I, I'm scared. I should say this. I live in a cell by myself. Okay. So there's no one else looking at my. Stuff no, nobody can access it and no. look through your stuff. No. Okay. I'm in a cell. Okay. Um, and prison is a lot different than jail. Yeah. When it comes to anybody near, you know, people's safety, stabbings and things. So. Anybody that's just by yourself that doesn't belong there, mm -hmm. they would they would they what they call it out of bounds and get in trouble for that. Okay. Officers would be in trouble big time. Okay. Um, what haven't we talked about that you think um, I should know, uh, or that Mr. Ware, George's attorney, should know? Um, I just want to say, I, since people on the record here, that I'm sorry uh, to Powell. And I'm and uh, I'm sorry that my memory's a little vague on these on some of these these uh, points you that, that you want me to address. But I do know this much is that I lied on the stand. Mr. Powell never told me anything about what he did or any admissions or confessions. It was just me picking apart the story that I got from the paperwork and committed perjury and, and lied on the stand and got this man convicted for something that I'm not sure because I, I wasn't there, but I know in my testimony that made it happen and uh, I wish I could take it back. Um, if, he, if, he, if, if he's hearing this, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mr. Powell. That interview says it all. George Powell never confessed to anyone, much less Mr. Smith. And thankfully, Mr. Smith did the right thing on his own and came forward to set the record straight. And now moving forward, the state's case against George Powell has just lost one of its four legs. But Mr. Smith recanting isn't even the half of it. In order for Melissa Keene's identification of George Powell in the photo lineup to hold up as the case moves forward, Michael Knox's testimony that through photogrammetry he can prove that the robber was a minimum of six foot one also has to hold up. Was Michael Knox's testimony and analysis accurate? The Forensic Science Commission of Texas doesn't think so. 
next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is our executive producer, and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com. I want to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo, and thank you to Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website. Thank you to our transcription team, Britta Bliss, Stephanie McConnell, Sarah Mueller, and Anna Dindor. And thank you to Desiree Dunn for printing off the transcripts and mailing them for us. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. Keep sending in your thoughts, theories, and ideas to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. And like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 